live from the apocalypse. We are deep dish tonight. This is state of the game. My name is Dano, and I'll tell you one thing. My mom raised me on rice cakes, but it's the first thing I stopped eating when I left the house. Buck rice cakes. My name is Dano. I am the host. I am joined every week by a man who beat Jeb Bush in a mixed martial arts match in Florida. Uh, K Diggy, thank you for being here. I appreciate I appreciate you coming along with this ride. Always, man. Yeah. This has been years in the making. We got some the king of living is here. We're someone that in my mind I've been calling the asset, Vic Spencer. Yeah. Call him the asset because Vic Spencer is always increasing in value. The commodity. So that's that's good stuff. I you've been you're prolific, you release a lot of music. Uh and if you look at your year to year like release, you're just always hitting higher than you were before. Um and that that hunger is something that is that is deeply appreciated. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's in so, there. It's in my blood. That's it. So and 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 whenever whenever Vic is talked about, Kay, Vic is discussed uh in relation to Sean Price, because you know, Sean Price repped Vic. Sean Price repped a lot of up and coming people, by the way. That was one of the cool things about Sean was like if you were if you were hot, he was hitting you and letting you know, you know, uh, and he was a supporter of Vic and Vic's style kind of lends itself, but Vic also has has a lot of time with Tree, right? And Tree, uh, they grew together, and there was like a real cool influence there that I think isn't really talked about. So I wanted I wanted to chop it up about that, but I, I think first we gotta start with is it three releases this year, right? So far, right? Yeah. So far, huh? Still here with Dr. Mindbender, Mudslide with Small Professor, and Psychological Cheat Sheet Three uh with the great August Fanon. Be gonna do. Like yeah. that's that's three for three. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's what a lot of people have been saying. Three for three. And you know, it's definitely intentional. <laughs> yep. do, did did you map out so do you I, I've always wondered this, do rappers like do you map out your years beforehand? Like were you planning 2022 and 2021? Yeah, I was planning 2022 and 2020. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how far ahead I was, you know what I'm saying? Still is. And, um, you know, to the point where some of the projects uh, was was done like two, three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Where I was able to uh, be able to just map out how things was going to be released. You know what I'm saying? That's that, it's that business model Nike has. Like, you know, they like to uh, know what they're releasing in 2025. I, I, I take that same approach too. You know what I'm saying? 
So my question to Vic would be, what, there's a lot of prolific rappers out there. There's a lot of rappers who release a lot. Yeah. But as you, like I, I made a joke last time I was talking to Zilla, uh, that it, a lot of it is peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? It's it's just you know bread, peanut butter, jelly sandwich, moving on, right? And you are always able to keep projects and series completely different from one another, right? When you're doing this stuff, give them their own personality and character. What do you do different from these other heavy release rappers that makes your uh, output your projects pop in a way they don't. Uh, I think I I think I really like pretend that I'm the producer sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm doing these projects with with one producer, I'm kind of like in their world. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, my fans is gonna gonna know that I'm a part of it because it's just got those small details and that quality that I instill in it. So I feel like, man, if I pretend to be the producer, then I'll, I'll, I'll always feel just like as one. We'll always be one in the same. We'll kind of click. And then all of the beats, like so, like you said, uh, from from series to uh, projects, like the projects are the ones that got like multiple producers. And even with those, like those beats individually has, you know, man, I like cried at some of those beats. I stopped what I was doing to write to some of those beats. I, you know what I'm saying? So it all has like this one emotion that comes back to just like it touched my soul. And now I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna have this pretend like, yeah, man, like, yeah, if, if the producer made it, I'm gonna make it. It, where the producer's gonna love it, you know what I'm saying? So mm. it's one in the same type ordeal. No, that's awesome. And, and so, how how did like these 2022 projects? How did they like come to be? The 2022 projects? Yes. Uh, um, well, one of them was uh, was in the making from like seven years ago. The Dr. Mindbender project still here. We were working on that project for years. Like we changed up a few uh, of the concepts and song titles. It was an EP at first and then it turned into a full length. So it was going through changes. And then, you know, this year, well, last year we uh, decided that we were going to release it uh, this year. And then it just turned out to be uh, at the perfect time for that project. Uh, mm -hmm. The second project, still uh, a mudslide. That that was recorded before it came out. That was recorded two years ago. So I didn't know when that was going to specifically drop until the year before. Like it's like I have these projects ready, and then the next year it follows. Like you know what I'm saying? It follows like a okay, now let's get ready and mix it and master it and put it out. You know what I'm saying? Well, what can we put this? Well, all right, we can get this in next year. You know what I'm saying? We can get the mm. we get the situation, we get the rollout, we get the videos. It gives me more time to put the to put the uh the extra ingredients on the shish kebab, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the album is the meat, you know what I'm saying? Now it's time to add them peppers, add them pineapple chunks, add, add all the good stuff, you know what I'm saying? Put some mouth sauce and some lemon pepper on it, you know what I'm saying? So, mm. That's that's how that's 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 my my way of uh knowing that I know a project is done when I'm at that point 
And, um, you know, it could take about a year to do that kind of stuff, especially if you're juggling mad projects. You got to definitely give your time to those projects to where you feel like, yeah, you gave it your all. And, you, uh, and, and I'm big on post-production, too. So I'm always in hands-on with that. And, you know, I think that all of that stuff kind of matters. Mm. The other, the other thing I had to tell you, uh, because this is an interesting distinction, I had small, we had small pro on here not too long ago when months left, because he's done a lot this year too, uh. and I told small pro, I said, "There's only one producer in the world who I hold you against, because I think there's only one producer in the world who kind of can get emotion out of an underground beat the way small pro does, and it's Fanon." Mm. Mm. and so then i was like oh shit he's got small pro and fanon in the same year like leave it to vic to, <laughs> to find the producers that can give you the most emotion per knocking you know beat and just take them you know take them both yeah you know they they go uh small pro did a wonderful job with making sure i had fun when i was uh when I was picking the beats, you know what I'm saying? He reminded me of my nostalgia of listening to music in the nineties. So it gave me that kind of feel when I was creating that project and, and August for nine, I feel like we're one in the same. We're like the same person, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to on unorthodox and uh, paving a way with originality. And um, I feel like when I, when I link with Fanon, it's more personal, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? I say small pro. I say Doc gave me like the the hardcore, the lyrical phase, and the slide gave me the fun. We gonna have we gonna have a ball type feel, and then psychological she she gives me that personal, uh, vulnerable, in depth, uh, candid Vic Spencer. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That makes and sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you're creating the project, are you thinking about that intentionally? Like, okay, like this project. You know, I did this, I did Mudslide over here. And, you know, the angle I was approaching, it was this angle. This project, I want to try approaching it this angle. Do you well, no, do... You do mm -hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, do you do that? Or do the projects just, you know, do you just allow the music to speak to you? Whatever, and whatever comes out, comes out. Well, with the series, I kind of know where I'm going, where I'm headed. So with Psychological Chi-Chi, with his being on his third album, I kind of know where I'm where I'm going and where where that where that uh concept is gonna be. Uh but with Mudslide, like Mudslide kind of came together with all parties like Small Pro, uh the people over at Coal Mine Records, they had their hands in. So it was more like a, a a team effort on how that became a fun album. You know what I'm saying? So certain things that got like part two, part three, part four those are kind of like, yeah, I know how I'm going to attack this, how I'm going to approach this. And then some of my other albums is just be like, yeah, it's the Vic, it's, it's the way Vic Spencer rap. It's going to be this same rap. It's not this, you know, not the, with the, with the, I'm going to have a twist with everything, but with, it's going to be the, the Vic Spencer that people really know me for, you know what I'm saying? It's, as right. opposed to, you know, isolating it to, you know, just the the uh, emotional and personal stuff. It's going to be an album where it's going to be just like, yeah, these are the dopest beats and Vic going in. He's smoking his weed. He being witty. 
he being funny. He, you know what I'm saying? So kind of like when I had those projects, just like uh, the Cost of Victory or Duffel Gems, I, I kind of like I have room to play around and, and be uh, and be more uh, just regular Vic Spencer chilling on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Got his weed ready to roll up type vibe. You know what I'm saying? But then you know I got other side. I know I know that uh, having those uh, collaborative projects with one producer helps me differentiate everything. Yeah. No. I mean, I think. Yeah, and it does help you differentiate. And I think it's almost like, uh, you know, actors need their motivation. They need yeah, to know yeah. what, what their motivation is in the scene. You always find the motivation for the album, which I think is what sets you apart from other spitters. Sometimes there are good spitters who can't tailor an album, right? Right. Um, you know what the motivation is, so you know what the cover should look like. You know mm -hmm. what the sequencing should be like. You know who the guest should be, and I think that that's kind of that does is that make sense as a difference or a differentiating factor? Yeah, yeah, I feel like uh when I'm going, it's the same approach with all the albums. You know what I'm saying? I think that's kind of like part of like the detail, the fine details that I add in albums. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm really sequencing albums, uh, I'm really picking the features and stuff like that. So it's like like I got my own little part of my career where I'm curating my own albums, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then and I got the collaborative side where it's like, yeah, I got some help. I ain't got to really do a lot. I just got to make sure my bars is on point and, and pick the best beats, you know what I'm saying? And then the rest comes out because you got help in that sense, you know what I'm saying? But then when I'm doing like the projects that got, I got 12 songs and it's 12 different producers, then that's just me kind of like, yeah, let me go in my stash. I got this folder called Gone Fishing. I just go in there mm -hmm. and go in there, sling my rod, and whatever beat I pull out is going on the album, going on the album that I'm currently working on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. I got an album I got working on right now. It's probably like six songs done. It's called Gotta Be Double Clip Tight. You know what I'm saying? Meaning wow. you gotta be on point, gotta be ready for opportunity for anything. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, I just been taking like some of the like the hardcore banging beats and just putting that on the album until further notice. You know what I'm saying? But then it's all coming from one place though. That 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 uh that gone fishing file. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. No, it it makes sense. And I you you talked a little bit about shout out to the Rap Music Plug podcast and your great interview there. Uh, you talked a little bit about the group homes that you mm. grew up in, that Fanon grew up in, and, and had a similar history. And Psychological Cheat Sheet, I was listening to it, and you remember, you you remember that, like, rap songs that were serious or emotional, they had a kind of one-note character to them. The piano would start, right? And the MC would change his tone, so it seemed like he was speaking at a eulogy, you know? Uh, and it would be very somber, right? And the cool thing about Psychological Cheat Sheet is it seems like memories kind of stab into you as you talk. Yeah. You yeah. know? Does that does that make sense, Jack? Yeah, you get it. You, you low-key get it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like <laughs> it's one of those uh, it's one of those punching bags for me. You know what I'm saying? A personal um, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a personal door that only I can walk in and I can be able to vent and talk about some of the things that I kind of numbed growing up 
And I ain't low, I, I ain't gonna say I numbed it. It was just like I dealt with it differently than my siblings or or people that grew up in the group home with me. You know what I'm saying? I just handled it a lot different. And then when I found an outlet that I can venture out and speak on these things, then that's when I just started to utilize that. It's really turning the negative to a positive when you look at it like that. You know what I'm saying? I could have been better off doing some crazy shit, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just really out here, you know, making the positive out of negatives, you know what I'm saying? So I just take it as, yeah, Vic, man, you made it happen. You really a success story in a sense. Because, you know, I'm still out here making moves. I also, somebody that mentored me, I also work, got a mentoring job. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like everything's coming into play based on how I was raised in these group homes. And, you know, it's, it's probably was the best, probably was the best for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it, it, I think, and the, the commonality with you and Fanon, you're both very productive, right? But. Fanon, like every Fanon beat feels like he left a chunk of himself in it. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's why I feel like some, it's something it's something with the frequency between August Fanon and my and, and the way how I be feeling about things. It's it works. It, it works so perfect. Like it's like a perfect match, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it, like I feel like I can it, I can go on and on on August for nine beats. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I could take a couple years and just drop all August for nine produced albums. You know what I'm saying? Because he's like, you know what I'm saying? He's one of those guys that I can say everything, talk about every damn thing about on all his beats. I could talk about everything. I ain't got to isolate it and, and all of those things. I could just be the big pot of gumbo and, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and fuel it with all types of great energy. It gives me space to do all of that, especially the mu the music is just incredible. His his production is incredible, top tier. Yeah. And so it's, it's only right that you got to have these kind of uh, emotions to it and um, and professionalism to it and quality to it, you know what I'm saying? Because you want to add to it. I kind of like think that my voice or my rap style is kind of like an instrument to August for non-production. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. It, it, oh, and absolutely. I think, I think there's a holy trinity there of like you, Fanon, and NCL Tim on the cover design, right? You're absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah. Unconventional, naturally unconventional. It's not like you're trying to be unconventional. That's just how you wake up, right? Like, and that's how Tim is as well, you know? Tim just get his wine and he have his own mind, but it intertwines with what we doing, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's it's easy when you work with somebody that sees what you see without seeing it. That's crazy, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy yeah. that, he, that he's able to do that, you know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's a talent and that's a rare that's a rare gem. That's a rare, that's a good, good energy to be around. Somebody that could take an album and uh create something, what he's doing. Cause how he's doing the artwork and how he got a sequel with it, with his one of me in part one, two of me in part two. And like that's his thing. That's he ain't having no discussion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's his thing. And how he's bringing it into what me and August Fanon does individually, it just like a force. That cannot be reckoned with. You know what I'm saying? It's it's incredible, incredible how we uh, come up with things. So, I have a question for the psychological cheat sheet series. Did you draw inspiration from any any places, any sources? 
uh, uh, just basically my life. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to uh, to speak. I always felt like I had this voice and I could speak, and I was always outspoken. So it just gave me. It was it was one of those psychological chichi, one of those places where yeah, I got a home for this now. I love it. You know what I'm saying? And now. I have like more and more to talk about. Like I got so much that I want to talk about about this. So it just gives me an opportunity. Just like I said with the album, got to be double clip tight. You know what I'm saying? It's another opportunity to be able to, you know, jump out and tell a, a story about your past. And it uh, and it's comfortable and it's not forced and it's not, you know, it's not really a concept because it's really songs on there that got like, just crazy lyricism to it, but it's just me probably thinking about how I was raised or when I was in a, a group home dorm when I was writing it. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't have been, I wasn't probably right rapping like on Major League, what is the song called? Murder League Baseball. I remember like just uh, pulled up to one of the, uh, where the group home sites used to be and the site's not there no more. I wrote bars right there, but I wasn't like writing bars about the place being gone. I was writing how I normally would write. Like, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. Like the energy's still there. Yeah, it gave, like that's what psychological chi-chi does, gives me that feel, that energy of, of, of what it looked like when I was in there. Even if I ain't had no clear vision back then, Psychological chichi gonna give give me a pair of glasses from Lens Crafters. They gonna be real designer, and they gonna make me see. A, it's gonna make me paint a vivid picture about some of the things that I encountered and turmoils that happened in my life. Yeah, it feels like past Vic, present Vic, and future Vic walking together, talking shit to each other. You know, yeah, it's yeah. one of those. It's definitely one of those. It's a uh, special man, and I would say I heard the beat for "Strolling and Bowling," and mm -hmm. I drifted off thinking about my life because that's how that beat is. Like that's just phenomenal, right? You know, mm -hmm. um, like a great jazz song where you just oh. you just drift off into it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. "Strolling and Bowling" was one of the first songs I recorded for the album. And if I look up on my Dropbox and see when I recorded, it's going to say like three years ago. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I've always wondered, like, with a song that you recorded three years, I mean, three years is such a long time ago. Three years ago from this point would be 2019, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you remain connected to something that you wrote relatively so long ago? Because I like to think that my music is on this timeless level. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I kind of like try to not rap about present things. You know what I'm saying? On on, mm -hmm. on songs. And I think that kind of helps. Uh, and then you got to be in love with it too. You know what I'm saying? When I record, it's not going to be no hit or miss. I record to put out. You know what I'm saying? So I ain't just recording stuff and it's not mm -hmm. coming. You know what I'm saying? So I just always have that feel like it feels timeless. And it's a proof, it's proven because you know, I dropped the albums three years later, and it's you know being impactful as it should. And I feel like it's doing its job that way. I feel like at the end of the day, sometimes it's okay to sit on stuff and let it simmer. You know what I'm saying? Some of these, like if you cooking a tomahawk steak. 
sometimes it might need to be turned down on the temperature side to mm. be uh, better cooked. You know what I'm saying? So in, in certain cases like that, it's it's one of those, man, for real, man. It's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to uh, have timeless music that you can just turn on three years later. It's like, yeah, man, you did this three years later and it's still impactful, it's still effective. Still relevant, I'm yeah. Okay, give me some of your favorite Vic songs of the year. Okay, let me pull up my list. Hey, um, I'm ready to hear this. Light up to that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of them. Yes. Okay, so I mean I love I love Mudslide. Um so if Mudslide was self-care welfare. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I did like to disobey your thirst as well. Like the whole oh. the whole oh. second half of it of it was good. Yes. Um okay, and then let me get sorry, I have to go through each project. Um and, I mean I, and then I, I mean, I just really like psychological cheat, cheat sheet three as well. I don't got the, I don't have the whole the song list, the track title in front of me. I would, but I would go tear duct tape on that one. Tear, tear duct, duct tape. tape. Ooh, ooh. Crazy. Tear duct tape is, is a lot. That shit is. Ooh, yeah, that's amazing. It's a crazy song. Crazy. <laughs> Who was the man? Still here's got so much ill shit on it. I love Still Here. Yeah, Still um, Here is like the stellar, is like the celebrity big Spencer. You know what I'm saying? But that yeah. and that's and people need to give like Doctor Mindbender's awesome. Like that Ooh, is, uh, yeah, killed yeah. it with God. Yep. The the whole like the the first half of it, I liked the opening. Cedric Sabalos, Cedric Sabalos. Am I pronouncing his last name? Cedric Sabalos. He was a bad Snow <laughs> Roach. Uh, Scheduled narcotics and then a stone construction worker. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, yeah. yeah, I'll still hear. I'm going freezer burn. Mm. Freezer burn with Planet Asia because Planet <laughs> Asia's delivery and your delivery are kind of great together. It's yeah, a buddy yeah. film, you know. Uh, yeah. It works. Yeah, yeah, Planet yeah. Asia is very smooth with it, and. And Vic is naturally rough texturally, and it just it is so good. Uh, two people who know exactly what they're doing, doing it. It's great. Yeah, I had my hands in the co-production on that joint. <laughs> oh, so good. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, how, how did how did Planet Asia? Uh, how did he come to be on the track? Me and Planet Asia, Planet Asia call me his little cousin all the time. You know what I'm saying? We, we uh, a lot of people say we look alike. <laughs> we ever since then, we've been calling each other cousins. It's crazy. It's a picture out there. I, I think I posted on my IG a minute ago. If if you see it, if you take a look at that picture, you're like, man, these guys look like they can eat each other, low key. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, Planet Asia's always been a fan of my music for a very long time. Came here and performed in Chicago. Uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad was uh, on the ones and twos that whole night. 
And you know what I'm saying? Planet Asia was there rocking. So it was like one of those, yeah, man, I'm at Planet Asia moments. And he just uh, always stayed tapped in with me. And, you know, we, de uh, we developed a uh, good friendship. Every time I go to L.A., I pull up on him. He always pull up on me in my studio sessions and rock out with me. You know what I'm saying? So he do like big cousin shit always and always yeah. drop gems on me. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you know, PA, one of those guys that, you know, that truly rocks with Vic Spencer for real. And Planet Asia stays tapped in. He's like, Super stays tapped in. Like he put out a new album that had Brain Orchestra on it. Like, Planet Asia hears everything. He, like, he gets to, he gets to dope people before any of the people in his class even know who they are. Yeah, I agree. He's yeah. one of those forefathers that's kind of like pushing the culture. Yep, yeah. totally agree. And Vic, so out of the three projects you've released, what are some of your personal favorites? Oh, uh, um, I'm gonna say all, your personal favorite tracks off of the project. Track. Well, the first thing I'm gonna say about all the tracks, I mean, uh, all of the albums, the track sevens. On all of the all three of the albums, contemporary section, self care, welfare, and only ignorance wins. Those are like my when I sequence the albums. Those I had to have those be track seven. You know what I'm saying? Those those were like the track seven is picked first. You know what I'm saying? And then That's I worked, awesome. I worked my way around it. You know what I'm saying? Around track seven, and uh, I would say so. The truck, those three. Uh, if then let me go back in uh, chronological order. Drop still here. I, I like uh, cremated. I like uh, I like the bonus cuts. If you bought it off Bandcamp, I like the bonus cuts on there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I also like uh, Head Not Theory, and I like Ridiculous with 38 Special. Yeah, I like the point with Oh No. You know what I'm saying? It's so many bangers on there. You know what I'm yeah, saying? No, for real. Like, it, I was, if, we, yeah, it just feels like the project people don't talk about enough, but man, it's the big sleeper. I think that it's the big sleeper. Like, my celebrity album is the big sleeper. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. I thought, I thought that that was crazy. And then, yeah. um, uh, Mudslide, I like Lil John's Weed Stash. Ooh. I like, uh, <laughs> Disobey Your Thirst. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like the song with Stevie Crooks. You know what I'm saying? Red Elephant. Hey, Red Elephant. <laughs> I like the lead single. I started falling in love with the second part of uh, Waves Micro. You know what I'm saying? I love the second part. The second part is crazy. You know what I'm saying? The Self-Care Welfare, that's the one right there on that album. That's a heavy gem right there. Like, I love, yeah. I love that song. I love the instrumental when it was sent to me. It was one of those ones that I knew that I was gonna execute well before I recorded it. It's one of that's definitely one of those ones that's dear to me right there. Uh, self care welfare. So shout is, out. Is, is seven just your lucky number, or is there like a specific reason? Because we've it's we've talked to a lot of and and shit. Yeah, because one for another uh, interviewer asked me that it's really on some game banging shit. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So the big GDs. You know what I'm saying? That's what. That's what, it, you know, the G is the seven, you know what I'm saying? So that's really what it was. But, you know, people can interpret how they want to interpret. But, you know what I'm saying? That's for, for me. That's where it came from. You know what I'm saying? My favorite song is the track seven. I like I like I like the number seven. I like and then you built you built. So you have your track seven is your favorite. 
And then you build the album out from that from that point. Yep, I build the album from that point. I already know what songs is going on the album, but mm -hmm. I just sequence it from that point. Sequence. Wow. Like when I create a how how my album process work is. If I'm working with one producer, he'll be just sending me shitloads of beats. And then I just pick like maybe 12 through 14 joints and then put them in a folder and then attack that folder and can, and then it becomes an album. That's I think that's how I accumulated so many albums because I'm doing that. I'm taking that approach. I'm picking the beats and knowing what I'm going to rap over. And now it's just shitload of beats. Ooh. So what, once you pick your beats like that, once once you pick your 12, 14, that's what you focus on. That's what I focus on. Like you're not getting okay. Yeah. See, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Shuts I mean, off the especially floss. at the line how how rapid I'm working. Like the rapidness of I gotta have like some kind of organization. You know what I'm right. saying? He shuts off the faucet at 14. He's like, it's so that's it. No more. Yeah, and as the psychological cheat sheet is definitely gonna always be like 14 tracks. So I'm always going in in my August for nine file and picking like all of the raw beats that kind of complement each other or don't complement each other. So it can have some sort of crazy weird contrast that mm -hmm. happens to work. You know what I'm saying? So with August for nine, it's kind of you know, it's a it's an ongoing thing because I can it's easily just going in the folder, putting these here. And sometimes I'll be doing those beat switches. So I add more than 14 beats. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I'll be putting those beat switches together. Like every time you hear a beat switch, like even on the even all of the uh, the shit on steel here, beat switches me. All of the beat switches on mudslide. Me, I think it's microwave. I put that together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then uh the only ignorance wins on the psychological uh -huh. three, five joints. Like August for nine sent those joints in like a span of four years ago. Like I was sitting on one of those beats four years ago, and I decided to go in my August for nine, go on fishing file and go crazy. So you know what I'm saying? It definitely everything starts with the beat, and then after everything is done, it starts with that number seven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can chart a course from anywhere, man. That's cool. You, you, Love them. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Vic. I, I've told you I've wanted to talk about Tree and about the legacy of Tree for a long time. Uh -huh. You are honestly the only guest that makes sense besides Tree to do this. Uh, <laughs> you've been waving the flag for him uh, like – you know, uh, longer than I have. And I was arguing with people that I respected on Twitter for Tree. Uh, and I don't argue on Twitter. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, did, I felt very passionately about how important Tree was and is, like, still, like, crazy, crazy dope shit. Listening to the newer stuff, Soul Trap, We Grown Now, mm. easy. some of the best work he's ever done uh and i just wanted to hear from you what you think like someone has gone up to you says i've never heard tree what's so special about tree how what would you say what what is the description i would i, I would just say go listen and we grown now i feel like oh, yes. what's really important to tree as an individual i think we we grown now is also like one of those 
things. Tree would probably would say this too. It's like, man, he he always looked at me as a person that was like, yeah, man, Vic, you the reason why I would even want to rap again. You know what I'm saying? It's just your aura, your charisma, how you carry yourself with the music. You know what I'm saying? Our music don't even sound the same, but it's like one of those perfect contrasts that works. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Hey, I think that uh, me and Trey, me and Tree stem from the same branch. You know what I'm saying? But even though we spread in different ways, we steal from the same branch, and that's why it's easier to work like that. I, I just feel like Tree. I would describe Tree as a uh, as a person that puts his soul in his music and everything. Like he puts his real life in his music, and you can really, really feel that if you know him. Even if you don't know him, it's like, damn, man, I. When you meet him, it's like, damn, I knew you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, listen to his music with that kind of ear. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely would say Tree is one of those guys that make you motivated. It'll uh, it'll make you be a tougher, a tougher person. You know what I'm saying? And also uh, expand your horizons because Tree takes risks with melodies and it works yeah. for him. You know what I'm saying? Can't nobody do what he do. He's got right. this style that's just, you know, that can't nobody say nothing about, but always embracing, cherishing, and, and praise because it's really authentic and really him. So, you know, I always like to mingle with guys that's like me. And he's a Libra like me, so it's like, yeah, shout outs to Tree, Free Tree. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> man, he's, a, he's, he's one of the greatest from Chicago that ever touched him. He's one of the greatest. Kay, right before Tree, right before Vic posted the Tree had, had had gotten locked up, I got an email from Tree with like the rough vocal mixes of, of the project he was working on. Yeah. Uh, mm. And oh. I listened to a few of them. It was like, it was overwhelming how good the singing was. Like, yeah. Yeah. seriously, he was taking the singing. It was overwhelming. Yeah. I yeah, mean, and I, I listened to the four projects, and I think I could hear the growth in his singing in those in those four projects. Yeah, what four yeah. did you listen to? Uh, the two Sunday schools, uh, we grown now, and Trap Genius. Yep. Okay. Okay. This is a good selection. Yeah, it's a very yep. good selection. That's very essential collection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not bad. I mean, and so. My response, like, if, if someone were to ask me, Kay, what is, why should I listen to Tree? I would say, the lesson you learn from Tree is emphasis, right? Tree, no, like, Tree's not a dense lyricist in terms of he's never going to confuse you. Like, that's not what he's trying to do, right? right? That's not the mission. So Tree finds a way to say words and say phrases in a way that cut deeper than other people saying the same phrases because of the emphasis he puts on everything he says. It sounds raw. It sounds pure. It sounds authentic. Now, when you mean, when you say emphasis, what do you mean by emphasis? So like, as an example, right. If, if, um, if somebody, if like a cool pimp rapper calls you a bitch, they, they might just be having fun, you know? If Tree calls you a bitch, that's some shit, right? <laughs> that's some shit. Some shit went down. Like when when Tree when Tree, Tree swears at you, it's not light. It's not on <laughs> light shit. It is 
heavy. Um, yeah. And it's, it's the emotions are in the emphasis, right? Like there's mm -hmm. no jabs. These are power punches. Mm. So, and it was a big deal, but you know, the real wild thing, cause like, I have to say, I think tree taught me a lot about music when I was coming up, making this, this site was founded on mixtapes. Right. And I thought the world of mixtapes was so big and open and nobody, very few people knew about it. It was like a secret kingdom. And uh, I, Tree was an example of somebody who came up with very little support, no cosigns, right? Produced himself, wrapped himself, right? And you remember Sunday School, okay? Yeah. First song is MTV. So he, he comes up. That's a fact. Yep. Go ahead, Vic. I was saying, yeah, I was agreeing with you. That's a fact. Yeah. He every every time he won, he celebrated that. But he was so unconventional in his delivery, but he made beats that fit that. So he was never it, it was never a problem. I always wondered if like because the, there was a Vic did the Victory EP. I think what was it, 2017, 2015, something like that? Yeah. Yes. So, and like, I was always wondering, could Tree just produce for someone else? Could they pick up the the timing of, of his production or not? Because it was just very specific. Like, yeah. Yeah, Tree has a distinctive sound. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I I really love that distinctive sound. Yep. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I want Tree to start rapping on his beats again. He He's... Ventured off from rapping on his beats, you know what I'm saying? But I will, I've been uh, advocating him, like, yo, I need you back on your beats, on your soul trap beats. You know what I'm saying? I mean, is there a reason why he's kind of veered away from? I don't think it's no reason why. I just think that Tree just has this, uh, uh, this, this crazy ear that kind of like travels through time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm on this. I'm focused on this right now. Or oh, this actually sounds good. It, this sounds up your alley, Vic, but I can rap on it too. Like, he's just, um, he's expanding his horizons. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely, uh, you know, always have that same tree mentality whenever he rhymes on anything. I just think that he's just trying to channel in, tap into uh to, to like different things that are trigger the same tree, you feel me? As opposed to being in your comfort zone, like his tree beast is being in his comfort zone. But it's what everybody loves tree. Everybody loves tree for that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say what I mean. What struck me is you know his his artistic fearlessness. Like like you said, uh, my, my of the four projects I listened to, We Grown Now was probably my favorite. Not probably. It was my favorite. And uh, just, you know, just the chances he was taking and the, I guess you could say, like, creative vulnerability that he would show. I mean, it's really, like, inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. 
Like he got songs about his girl, songs about his kids. It's, it's oh. really, really, and stuff that you would, it's stuff that you would expect the unexpected from Tree. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, you don't know what kind of surprises you're going to get. But you, you go, the, I know one thing that I always have is this sort of excitement when I'm listening to Tree. If I'm about to shine to a new album, the excitement that I have when I'm knowing I'm about to press play on it, it never changes. Mm. Now you're right. And, and the K, when We Grown Now dropped, it's like 2019, The I think the song that got me in touch with how special it was, uh, because I just wanted Tree to not be worse, right? There had been a little layoff. When MCs have a layoff, sometimes they shake out of their zone and they're not what they were, you know? Take the cobwebs off, yeah. It's about being in the zone. I was like, man, I hope he's still there. And then when Backflip came on, I was like, man, Tree is an all-timer. Like, Tree is just one of the best. Like, Backflip is just such a crazy dope song with a wild chorus and a fun explanation at the end. Uh, It's cool. This is so cool. Yeah. Seeing Tree... Record all this shit. Bro. You wouldn't believe it. He's just sitting there, you know what I'm saying? Just coming up with this shit. He don't have no pen, no paper. He's just right there coming up with the shit. While he's coming up with the shit, I'm somewhere with the pen and the paper or the phone. You know what I'm saying? He's just at the mic focus on one word or three words or three sentences or... And it's just like, by the time he's done doing his shit, I'm done. And now we got a whole song done. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's exactly the process. Like, watching Tree record is probably one of the most inspirational things because it's like, yeah, man, he's really putting his life out. He's really, he's really uh, the psychological she He's really doing it. Like, he's doing it from that angle. Like, I've seen it with my own eyes. Like, dang, you know what I'm saying? He right there on the bike. Just <laughs> it just came up with all this shit. Like, I was I was there when he recorded um uh, what was it? Uh uh Letters to My Son. Oof. Yep. Yeah, that was trapped right before Backflip. Yep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And man, I remember when I first heard it mixed. I was like, damn, this shit really good man damn you know what I'm saying because Tree record Tree don't like recording at his crib I mean like recording in studios he recorded at his crib you know what I'm saying knock all this shit out and then he go to the studio and get it mixed that's kind of that's his wave you know what I'm saying yep. he invited me to one of those waves I was like yo this and this before we grown now came out I'm like man see this is it right here this is what people want from Tree this is this is the tree that people want. You know what I'm saying? Was, was there anything watching tree that you took away? Like, yeah, let me let me try to apply some of that to my own process. Uh, I would just say uh, my consistency with recording songs. Like, I wouldn't record songs just to record them. Like after coming up with like me and tree been recording forever so i've been you know having this approach for a while now like not recording uh songs that i'm not gonna put out you know what i'm saying like everything counts like 
Tree go in on the beat. When Tree go in on the beat, that means it's coming out. Like Tree don't Tree got this picky ear. This is crazy. You know what I'm saying? His ear is crazy. Nah, Vic, I ain't rocking with that. He's gonna be honest and it's gonna, and then whenever he whatever he rap on, it's gonna be really good. You know what, right. what I'm saying? You're right. That puts and I like that because it, it changes the stakes for the recording. Like everything has stakes to it. Yeah. Right. So that way, like Vic doesn't just put out three albums in a year. He puts out three great albums in a year. Right. And that's that's the difference. Right. So and I think that you're right. That, that I mean, Tree, when he stepped out, he was ready. And I think that's a, it's a good lesson to learn. And the, the freestyling thing is important. Okay. I feel like Tree is is a member of those. He's a member of that Chicago Samurai group that came about, right, when it was like it, Chicago was taking over the world, right? It was Chance. It was King Louie. It was, you know, Chief Keef, all that shit. And I'm, I remember I got to interview Solar 5. Amazing. I had to ask him about that shit. And I was like, King Louie, man, felt like he was always freestyle. Like, it felt like he just stepped in the booth like that. Um, and... He's like, I recorded him, and yes, that's what was happening. And, like, so that makes sense with, like, Tree doing that as well. There was just – there was so much energy coming out of Chicago at that time. There was a group of people who were just fearless, just going for it. And of those people, I picked Tree because, like – and I, I can I can get into that. But I, I think Tree's sound had an advantage over a lot of other people's sound. Yeah. Mm. I agree. Yeah. So, what, what would the, what would that? Oh, go ahead. So yeah, the advantage, the advantage, K. Yeah. You remember? So this is back when there was trap and there was drill, right? And trap had kind of, I don't know a better way to say it. It gotten silly, right? Post Tevin ten seventeen brick squad trapaholics mixtapes every two days. It had gotten a little silly, right? We had, we had gotten through the cycle to the, you know, to the people in the back. And uh, Drill came in, and it was it was different because it was serious. But Drill is so cold and detached that that shit, there's a distance between the audience and the performer, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was thinking of it, I was like, a lot of drill MCs felt like supervillains to the listeners. Mm. Mm. And with with Tree saying, no, this is Soul Trap. Like, we're still going to have that bounce. It's still going to have that bounce. But I'm bringing in samples, you know, samples that you grew up on, you know. And mm. I'm twisting them. And 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 I'm gonna sing and I'm gonna rap and I'm gonna swear and I'm gonna call myself names and I'm gonna fucking you know like I don't like I'm gonna live in this beat you know and it's but you're gonna do it too uh, that shit was I felt like there was nobody doing it like, hmm. you're right and I I mean I think an artist like and Vic I'm sure Vic can speak to this more like you know. 
Chicago is such a, a, a fertile ground for music and different musical styles. So an artist like Tree could really only come from a from a place like Chicago that has so many different styles all germinating in like one space. It's like one of those um, buffet tables, you know mm. what I'm saying, in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? You want to be an option. You don't want to taste the same as nobody else. I feel like the more rappers is in the city, it's going to be more originality coming from that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The more rappers it is, the more originality everybody is trying to, trying to be. More original. So I feel like, yeah, that's what Chicago is. It's one... It's one big table with a lot of dishes on it. And you want to be an option. You know what I'm saying? You, you, yeah. you when somebody come and test your flavor, it's definitely gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna see why they like it. They're gonna see why it was intriguing to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like that's what Chicago as a as a in in its entire is. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. Uh -huh. I mean it, and to when I think about how different what Tree was doing is, I think about, like, Sunday School 2 is one of my favorite mixtapes ever, right, that ever was. Mm -hmm. I love it. And Safe to Stay, Safe to Say, the first song, starts with the church organ. Cold. Yeah. Oh, it's cold. 10 seconds of church organ. No one was fucking doing that. No one was fucking doing that it, at that time. So cold. That album is so cold. Sunday school. Sunday school too. Yeah. This yeah. soul. I mean, it's, it's the soul. It's it's a mix of soul, and yet at the same time, like there's like you said, there's a bounce to it. Like, yeah. You. I mean, you you wouldn't get. You can't get that album from a lot of. You know, a lot of cities just don't have that musical diversity to be able to produce something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That should, that displayed tree to the highest capacity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah all type of man, like it's so many bangers on there. Track seven on there, Busters. It's my Ooh. joint right there. And it's heavy. Oh, uh, and if you think about the guests that really did well on tree albums, they were all wild, unconventional. Danny Brown and No Faces, right? Uh, Rock Marciano on a few songs, right? Mm. Uh, like uh, everybody who had a, a strange delivery was perfect for Tree's universe. Yep. And yes, it's, uh, I mean, there were lots of hooks, big hooks, right? It's on Sunday school, bridges that lead to hooks. You know, I, I, okay, I called him. And in review, I think I put it in the breakdown that he was the Howlin' Wolf of Chicago hip hop. Who is Harlan? Harlan Wolf? Howlin' Wolf. Howlin' Wolf. Yeah. Who's that? Classic blues musician. Dude. Okay. Like uh, yeah, uh, yeah, big songs. The uh, you know, Smokestack Lightning and just let me try and find, what was the Backdoor Man? Backdoor Man was was a big one. The doors covered that one, yeah. Uh, but he, like, he felt like blues, like you know, pre R and B. He felt like blues, in a way. 
Hmm. Yep. And of course, and Vic, growing up in Chicago, what were some of the what was some of the music that inspired you? Well, like what was in your time, what was going what was going on in the scene? Like what were you hearing a lot of? Like when I was growing up? Mm-hmm. Let me think. It was um common. It was E.C. Illa, uh, Do or Die, Twister, of course. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was a group called Koilohim. Um, Triple Darkness, Snipers. Like, we had, like, man, Chicago, you know what I'm saying? Crucial Conflict. Can't forget about them. Yeah, we had, we had like, this um, commercial sound where you knew that that was from Chicago, like, you know what I'm saying, in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Only the person that was kind of, like, resonating me was E.C. Illa, because he didn't reform to what the mainstream Chicago artists did. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was two-time rhyming, you know what I'm saying, except for E.C. Illa. But he still was, uh, had, had a pertinent spot in the Chicago scene while I was coming up. You know what I'm saying? And if I wasn't listening to that, I was listening to uh, these mixtapes called Sox Park Mob and uh, Straight Up Gangsta Shits. It was like volume one through 38 or something like that. <laughs> and each, each mixtape. And it was like a Chicago mixtape. And it had like various artists. That's why I learned about D.A. Smart and, you know, uh, a lot of other people, you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's just you, you just got like a real feel of uh what Chicago was doing uh at that time, you know what I'm saying? So I always I always had like a uh a, a broad, a wider ear to uh Chicago artists coming up, but EC Illa was like the the go-to, you know what I'm saying? Cause it kind of like reflect me and my big headphones and my walkman and seeing guys tagging. That was the kind of vibes that I was in coming up. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, one of the things I had heard from people was that Chicago, the reason there was a lot of double-time flow was because uh, that the house scene was so big in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Production was faster. Yeah. And had to be able Footwork to- was important in Chicago at that time. Footwork, you know what I'm saying? And of course, that was definitely two-time and crazy. So, you know what I'm saying? If you can rap to that kind, like you will have people doing footwork into your mu- to your uh to your music. So that's what kind of like the uh the sound generated from. I feel like everybody was doing it. It was comfortable. It was cool. It, it, it all was dope. It's all Chicago culture. I I can never I can't ever I can't ever look at nothing bad at it because I love to go to house parties at the, in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? It's all they played. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I feel uh, like Chicago, a lot of Chicago grew up on like Dayton Family and Eight Ball and MJG and all of that stuff. Like those was like, you know what I'm saying? Splash in there with those Chicago artists. Like everybody in the 90s knew Laid Down by Eight Ball and MJG. Like everybody from Chicago. Like those would be, that a song will rock at a house party in the 90s. You know what I'm yep, saying? Yep. That's 
that's crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? And if you go to a party, those same people living right now, they'll still be singing that song like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lay it down, fight music. Man, what I'm, I remember. I mean, I was, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely our 90s fight music, for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember that shit. People used to talk about how the club changed when 8-Ball and MJG came on. Uh, <laughs> it was different. But, no, it, it's um, – that's awesome. And, yeah, I just I just wanted to be able to give Tree the appropriate shine as someone who was totally unique. And I felt like the the soul production that he infused and the heart he infused in it, that that was a lane that could have bought Drill and Trap another, like, five or ten years of relevance in the spotlight. Um, but ultimately, I think... And it would, I've learned this over time. If you're too unique, no one replicates. No one, they just like go, that's him. I can't do that. You know, mm. the, the copied, you can copy with, and it makes sense and it's kind of easier to do. Uh, no one was going to do tree, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think no one had the, uh, not a lot of artists have the, you know, the fearlessness to, to do Tree. You know what I mean? He, he takes chances. Tree is his own worst enemy. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Tree, when Tree stopped rapping, that was probably the worst decision that he made. You know what I'm saying? When he took his break. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that he's the great, he can come back and be great. But just imagine how many uh, how many things he would have been able to accomplish if he kept going, the consistency. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's Tree. I feel like that's one of Tree's problems. It's not. It's just falling out of love with the politics of it. I think I, I think that every artist always loves to record and, 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 and do their due diligence when it comes to their man hours. But I feel like Tree just fell away from, like, the whole allure of being an artist. You know what I'm saying? He don't want to do videos. He don't want to do shows. He don't want to get fresh. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Right. Like, all of that matters. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Tree came back. When he came back, he came back with that mindset. Like, yeah, man, Vic, I'm going to give me some videos. I'm going to have a documentary. I'm going to have me. I'm going to get fresh, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna take your advice on that, man. You know, I'm gonna you know, I feel like those those are the things, the elements that Tree is missing. He's missing those ingredients for the shish kebab. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it felt like, and I remember when Tree did announce his return, and I think there was kind of a post. It was something like he felt like the game had kind of moved on from him. Mm. Wasn't sure if he had a spot, uh, and. That kind of you get in your head like that, it can be hard to get out of it. Yeah. Um, we talked self discouragement. Yeah. Self discouragement. Yeah. We talked about Planet Asia, and I remember there were a few years where people were like online making fun of Planet Asia. What is Planet Asia? Do? What is what is this? And like three to five years later, they were like Planet Asia, one of the goats. You know. Uh, that's just how this works, you know? Exactly. The consistency of continuing to do it because it didn't affect Planet Asia. Planet Asia been rapping for 30 years. Yep. yep. Easy. You know what I'm saying? More than that. You know what I'm yep. saying? And still 
at the top of his game, you know what I'm saying, amongst some of the greatest uh, MCs to ever do it. So, you know what I'm saying, when you know that growing up and then you see some Planet Asia slander, it's like, ah, that's not going to age well. You know what I'm <laughs> right, it's, it's, right. You know, right. Planet Asia done dropped eight albums. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I called him my cousin. I, I'm glad to have him as a cousin because he's a mirror reflection of me. You know what I'm saying? He drops multiple albums a year and he's way older than me. He's doing it on a on a uh, a real pristine level, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, you know, if, if you're if you're an MC and you've been rhyming since the '90s, uh, looking at PA's career and catalog would make you, uh, if you have the will to go out and go do it, PA's catalog will have you very inspired, for sure. So, Vic, when you say, oh, go ahead, go ahead, okay. I was say that. I mean, I feel like if you've been recording for 30 years, that's more of like. You, you've got a process. You've got a you've got a tried and true process that's going to allow you to produce work, no matter how you're feeling or, you know, what state you're in at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I, I mean, that's the only way I could fathom being able to do it. And it sounds like like PA, like Planet, Planet Asia, sounds like you know you're you've got like a process that you use. Yeah, mm -hmm. gotta have that process. You just gotta have that every part of me. Making a record has to have time tended to it. Like when I'm right. picking beats, it's how you have to have time for it. Make carve out a couple hours. You want to write a song. I carved out two hours while the BET Awards was on yesterday and carved out two records. Wrote them at the same time. I was so deep into the writing, the beat went off and I still was writing. For minutes before I stopped and turned the beat back on. You know what I'm saying? And I would do that back and forth with these two August for nine beats for psychological CC4. Um, the yep. two songs are the last two songs that I'm recording for psychological CC4. And then I'll come out to Yep. Now and I, I, I was wondering, Vic, I, I you you said very meaningful here that Tree was his own worst enemy, right? And I think is that something you learned basically from Tree, like I have to bulletproof my mission statement, right? Like, I have to be, because if I don't, and I let other people bother my process, I'll never be able to do it how I want to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I also don't feel like Tree took losses like, like, I think feel like Tree just bossed up in other levels that he know that he would be happy about. I feel like everything that was happening in the in the politics behind the scenes with Tree's career. He wasn't happy about that shit. But then when he stopped doing rapping, then he started doing these, uh, taking trips all over the country, all over the globe. You know what I'm saying? Then you start to see a more happier Tree. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So more like, yeah, you know, I I, I want to be happiest Tree. You know what I'm saying? Whether I could take some of those uh, attributes and put it in my music. You know what I'm saying? saying a bar a rap line like man i i just want to be happiest tree when he taking a trip you know what i'm saying that'd be you know what I'm saying? that's that's my resonation of you know what i'm saying my reflection of uh learning from tree in that regard man tree is definitely a person that you know when you look at like yeah man i'm glad i didn't do this and i can actually be a friend and tell tree that i'm that uh that it's a shame that he did it you know what i'm saying it's definitely one of those uh, 
piggybacks off like thankful to have his friendship where to a position where he'll come and tell me like, man, Vic, I'm ready to get back to rapping. And I'm just as excited as, as I'm about to play a new tree album when he says this, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I, I, that's what I want for him. I want for him to want to do it too. You know what I'm saying? You, you have to want to, you have to want to want to do it. When you are a great artist, you kind of like, you don't want to fail. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm a Libra. I don't want to fall. I don't want to make a bad album. I, w- I want my album to be perceived as good. The, the, the more I put out albums, the better I get. So I, I always want to get that. But then when you put on this specific level and it don't reciprocate, then I can understand the discouragement. You know what I'm saying? I definitely can understand and tap in with that discouragement. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's what happened to Tree. And, uh, you know, and also himself just drowning himself into that you know what I'm saying instead of you know yep. that swamp I feel like he would have been a better off MC but then you know it's like you said it's the process you know what I'm saying somebody gets in the process of you trying to get to the top like you on the MTV uh list and then the next year you're not and you just made just as strong as music as everybody else mm-hmm. and then three always talk about how blackballed he was with epic records, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, and, and um, who was that? Bobby Schmurter. You know what I'm saying? They was going to sign Tree and uh, Bobby Schmurter. Uh, I guess they went with the Bobby Schmurter. You know what I'm saying? I probably think, I feel like, uh, I feel like that's like a chip on his shoulder. That probably was like his, his, his strike. Like, ah, man, fuck this shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. This, is for the, this, this shit is for the bozos. Yeah, this is what they want. You know what I'm saying? Not that he hated that music. He's just like, this is what they want. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. all right. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, if, and, and then Tree is like, if you at this level, you can't go that back down. You know what I'm saying? It's a pride thing. And it's a real strong pride thing. He deserves to have that. He deserves it. Yeah. He deserves to have his pride because he came from a stature where when he came out, he was put on this heavy, tall uh, pedestal. And then for that not to reciprocate as he continued to be an artist was uh, was devastating for Tree. You know what I'm saying? At least uh, my view. Yeah. How, how do you battle that as an artist? Because, I mean, that that what you just described is like that's – that's a very human thing, you yeah. know what I mean. So how do, how does an artist like how do how do they stay balanced and stay grounded? I feel like doing the music is one side, but then what you put in the music is another side. I feel like Tree is balanced it that way, but he's put so much into being powerful for what he says. He, you expect you it, it exceeds the expectations, or it don't. Um, how could I say it? Like, because uh, I never seen tree. I never tree don't have a whack album. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so it's like no. he don't have a whack album. So when you see when you see him at a pedestal when his first album came out versus to what's going on now, you have to wonder what the fuck took place. You know what I'm saying? What right. discouraged Tree? You know what I'm saying? Tree would be like, man, I wasn't getting no money from this shit. You know what I'm saying? Fuck this shit. I ain't getting no goddamn money from this shit. You know what I'm saying? You never know what discouraged him. You know what I'm saying? But I could just imagine Tree like, man, hey, man, shit, I wasn't getting no money from this shit. I, I left that shit and I started getting money. I started, you know, that, that sounds like the tree that 
reformed from his own career and, and and went off and ventured and started taking trips and and and, and found solace in that. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, he always kept in contact with me. He always asked me how I'm doing, and I'm always talking about music, always talking about music. And, sure. you know, that kind of could rub him in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you know what, Vic, man? You probably the only one that I, that I fuck with on the rap shit. You know what I'm saying? So I take that with pride. I Man, that's that's like some Sean Price shit right there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. For so real, good. like I cherish that just like that. So it's just like, man, you know, when somebody of that stature give me that kind of praise, wow. you know what I'm saying? I don't take it lightly. And then I also hold them accountable for that, hold them responsible for that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's why you hear Tree rapping now. It's because I held him again. He was accountable for for telling me that. Like, man, I want to hear something. I, I, I want to hear something. Don't just tell me that. I want to hear something. And I'm why I'm telling them that I'm on, I might be direct, but I'm ultra excited because I know I'm about to dive into some new tree uh, soul trap shit. I love it. Mm. Yeah, and a shout out. I want to shout out a, a really great tree song uh, that if people haven't heard, they should check out on Eastern Me- uh, Illness. No, it's our Eastern Medicine Western Illness. DJ Preservation, right? Great album. Hong Kong samples, just killer stuff. Tree is on there, and the song is called Money in the Wild. And that shit is nasty. Uh, Amazing word flips on there, cadence. Uh, Tree can slow his cadence all the way down, and he can speed it all the way back up again. And he can, he just, he's baffling in that regard. It's amazing. So I wanted to shout that one out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and Preservation was given interviews saying how excited he was to work with Tree. That he's been a Tree fan for years. So, like, that's what's hard, Kay, it, when, you, when Vic was talking about the frustrations. If you get closer, closer to the frustrations than you are to your positive imprint, it fucks with your mind. That shit fucks with your mind. Like you have to stay close to the good effect you've had on your fans, on you know the people around you, you know, on your art. Uh, you have to stay with your art, you know, and keep those people further away, right? Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I say. Um, any last thoughts on Tree? We're going to go to Recommendation Corner, talk about what good shit we've been listening to. So, um, yeah. Okay, any final thoughts? No, no. Free Tree. Free Tree? That is that is it. Uh, that's what we got to do. Um, and Recommendation Corner, uh, Bandcamp Friday's coming up. So, uh, you know, by the time anybody hears this, it'll be over. But there's a lot of good stuff out there to be copped. Uh, yeah. First, I want to say I'm dropping Psychological Cheat Sheet on Bandcamp Friday on Bandcamp. Oh, shit. I got to cop up. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm very excited. For that. That's cool. I did not know that. 
Uh, does Bandcamp do they they do a Bandcamp Friday once a month? Uh, yeah, or I, I I'm not sure if it's every month, but it is it is happening again, and it is this is the first one. I didn't do I don't know the schedule, Vic. Do you know the Bandcamp Friday schedule at all? No, I don't. I think yeah. they do it like maybe um, one Friday every other two or three months, maybe. Okay. Ooh, you know what I'm going to do? I'll recommend uh, Togo by Josiah the, the Gift and True Cypher. Great album. Great album cover. Yeah. Man. Josiah the Gift's been working. Uh, Mickey Diamond's on the album. King Mike of the Infamous. A la Prime. Napoleon the Legend. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. Togo's dope. Um... Uh, Vic, what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to Alchemist and Rock Marcy. Oh, Elephant Man's Bones. Yeah, I think that's my album of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, song of the year it goes to Diesel. I mean, goes to Coogee Rap Diesel. That's also produced by Alchemies. Ooh. Yep. Absolutely. I see uh, the AFC Records hat behind you. Living it up. That's awesome. Uh, um, uh, I've been listening to uh, YL and Stalker. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Yep. Their efforts this year. And, um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's been... Them been my go-tos, you know what I'm saying? And um, I still been listening. I've been listening to uh, Screwed and Chopped in my old uh, college playlists I used to be listening to. You know what I'm saying? It's all the burn CDs right there. That's what I've been Oh, doing. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've been uh, playing the boom box over there, the 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 cassettes and the, the, the burnt CDs of Love all the shit setup. doing college. So, you know, That's I've been awesome. having a field day uh, before, before it are came there any on, are there I was any listening to, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, for people who are not familiar with that, with that era, are there any artists or albums that they should check out? Uh, from, uh, from now, from right now? Oh, no, no from, uh, like the Chopped and, you listen to Chopped and Screwed, like. Yeah, I say listen to the Carter, Chopped and Screwed. Uh, I was listening to uh, uh, Twister's uh, So Sexy with R. Kelly, Screwed and Chopped. Ooh. That shit was cold. I was listening to Akon Locked Up, Screwed and Chopped. Uh, just like some uh, Michael Watts mixtapes, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, I've been heavy. I've been, I was heavy on that in college. So, you know what I'm saying? Definitely uh, seeing if I can get every album that sounded like it needed to be screwed and chopped, screwed and chopped. Like, when I remember they started making CDs screwed and chopped. I was like, and they had Michael Watts doing it. I'm like, oh man, this is epic. I can't believe this. They putting out David Banner, screwed and chopped by Michael Watts and The Carter 2 by Michael Watts. Oh man. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Kay, I wanted to tell you something. 
mm-hmm. staying close to our mission statement, right? Like, um, and bulletproofing our mission statement, like, uh, a great producer rapper was, uh, we were talking and he was like, I'm going through a bunch of bad shit, family shit, uh, that's really been fucking my shit up. But listening to free music empire has made me laugh and it has, uh, gotten me to think about shit in a different way. And it has gotten me like to be able to de-stress, to be able to sleep. Mm. Beautiful. And I was like, Holy shit, man. Like I always picture our audience, like, uh, in the bathroom taking a shit like, <laughs> like oh I, I should check that out like I think that's the way that's where this lives right this is like the long shit podcast you know? I would get a shower like shower music like yo okay. I'm about to take a shower or a bath let me go let me put that on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but like I, I didn't think about people going through real shit and us actually helping in any sort of way that's fucking dope yeah um, man that's crazy, crazy. So, yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm sure Vic is is dealing with that times thirty with the psychological cheat sheet uh, and being able to see people uh, get their shit off their chest through him. So, uh, mm-hmm. and and I appreciate that. Uh, it's it's wild. We're all connected, and uh, we all got to look out for each other out there. Um, but yeah, Kay, what are you, what are you bumping? What are you listening to? Uh, I mean, two things. Uh, the, the first thing would be the intergalactic, uh, it's like a move. It's the move, the Kid Cudi movie on Netflix. Oh, the intergalactic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And it, and it comes with, uh, or it, it was released with this or an album. I, I don't think it's a soundtrack, uh, with a, a Kid Cudi album. That's really solid. And then uh, I finally got to listen to the Ka albums that came out. Oh! Uh, Language, Arts, and Woeful Studies. Woeful Studies. Oh, shoot. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're just, I mean, they're just lovely. Really great, great pieces of work. Yeah. Yeah. No, to me, those are like, those are the wordiest, flyest Ka albums. Like, every single line has like four meanings to it. Yeah. Um, it's like he needs some credit the way Jay Z gets credit. Like I'll just like, I mean he's he's really settled into a groove. Uh and just to hear how he's I, I wanna say evolved, but I mean he was already like pretty advanced when I yeah. when I first heard him. Yeah. Just to hear how comfortable he's gotten in his flow and how there there's a little bit of like uh I know this word is kinda of played out, but there's a little bit of a swagger to him. Mm, talk about uh that i mean it's just i mean he 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 like he knows he's one of the best in the world at what he's doing right now and and you can hear it kai's dope as fuck yeah yeah i i that's why i always say like i the only people that i think ka and rock want to impress are each other i don't think they give a fuck about anybody else in terms of like, I don't think they sit there and like go like, man, is Action Bronson better than me? I don't think they even think about any of that shit. I think they're just like, man, I got a top rock, you know, or I got a top. Uh, I think those, they're just, uh, there's a real beautiful competitive 
respect between those two. <laughs> uh, yeah, that I, you know, I'll never forget. Rock Marciano was on. Uh, uh, what is? Uh, who was the dude? I always forget. He he passed away, but he was a killer radio host. He used to be a lawyer for uh, Rockefeller. Uh... Combat Jack. That's what. Okay. Combat Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he uh, he was on Combat Jack, and Combat Jack hadn't really didn't like Ka at that point, uh, or didn't know him that well, or just wasn't into it. It's like I don't know about Ka, and Rock went off and was like, "You gotta tap into Ka. You gotta get." He's like, "That's the guy," um, and that's awesome, you know, because they they knew each other were brilliant before anybody else. You know, yeah. um, and that feeling is pretty dope to have. Uh, there's a lot of crews right now doing that and feeling that way. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Any last words out there, Vic? Anything? Anything before we bounce out? Still here, logical out right now. You know what I'm saying? Cop all the physicals, you know what I'm saying? Watch all the videos. Uh, got a video coming out for a stone construction worker off Psychological Cheat Sheet very soon. And then another video off that album. And then, you know what I'm saying, might hear another Vic Spencer album by the end of the year. Ooh. Are we getting, oh are we getting for hire? Is this a Sunny Jim or what? Uh, no, nah, we at the, me and Sunny Jim at the drawing board with uh, – we're, how are we going to uh, formulate another project? I don't think we're going to do another Spencer for Hire that's still on the table. We might take it to another venture. And, um, you know, that's 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 something that we're doing now. I'm at the table with the beats, or fussing with the beats that he recently sent me. So that's what me and Sonny Jim is at. But uh, I might be dropping an album with Stu Bangers. You know oh, what I'm dope. That's dope. Yeah. So, you know, that, that album's been done. Man, album was done a minute ago i ain't gonna lie to y'all man about five years ago bro you know what i'm saying that's, that's, how, that's how long i've been letting it marinate and you know what i'm saying i'll be happy when it finally comes out because it's one of the it's one of those like yeah Vic, they can't they can't put you in a box type albums like you know what i'm saying you know Stu baker's okay. gonna be the boom bap you know what i'm saying and it's all boom bap you're gonna hear one Vic Spencer influence production on the whole album. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited about uh into this this East Coast Vic Spencer wave that I was heavily influenced in. I love that your your flow is so energetic, your persona is so energetic, but your patience is like top level, is like Buddhist. It's you know, you're just like sitting on this album for five years with this big name producer like we'll get to it when it's done it's <laughs> yeah and Stu Bangers is busy too so it's like you know what I'm saying you don't want to clash you know what I'm saying it has to make sense as long as we brothers in it and, and the music is getting done I, that's what really matters and um, you know making sure it's out at the right time and making sure that uh, all the good fans hear it is uh is, is real important. So you know, Stu Bangers is cooking with legends and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm doing my one two thing. 
So we ain't tripping. Now we about to come join forces, you know what I'm saying? And here I am, going to drop a summertime video in the winter because that's how we be working, baby. <laughs> say, time, timeless music can be dropped at any time. Exactly. There's no, there's no expiration, exactly. expiration date. That's what that's what type of time we on, K Rollins. <laughs> Follow Vic Spencer on on every available social media because his music's gonna follow you whether or not you like it. It's it's out there, it's coming. Uh, mm -hmm. so I appreciate it. Thank you so much. The um, yeah, stay safe, everybody, and uh pay artists, pay tomorrow. Ah.